today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We continue with our series, our fifth in our series with the Bob Hemp. Bob Kempos, rather, uh, continuing our conversation about advanced care planning and uh, some of the pitfalls. Claire Freeman, of course, from the Bob Kemp Hospice is here. It's good to see you again. Good to be back. Also with us is Walter Williams, who's a, a, a Vine and Partners LLP, because uh, we want to talk about planning, uh, Walter, and I'm glad you were able to join us here to get into this, because there's a uh, I, I know we talked about the emotional side of that, and that's still very real when we're talking about uh, when there is no cure. But at the same time, there's a financial end of this too, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And it can be uh, far more significant than people realize. Um, if, you, if you want, I can just kind of quickly Well, yeah, because that. listen, <laughs> even before we get to that stage where you're told there, there, you know, there is no cure, yeah. a lot of us don't do a very good job of looking after our finances to begin with. And then we, we're faced with a crisis like this. It's like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Well, and, and sometimes... E- People don't know what they have to look after. Yeah. So, you know, life goes on and with a prescribed rhythm, but there's some unique aspects of things you should be tracking and things you should be aware of so you can plan for this because otherwise you don't know what you don't know. Such as? Such as, well, first of all, in Canada, everyone thinks we don't have estate taxes. Well, in the, the reality of the situation is we have, in a way, what I call estate taxes. First of all, the biggest one is when someone passes away, they file a terminal tax return. That could be the largest return of any, that anyone's ever filed because on that terminal return is the uh, reporting of deemed dispositions of assets. And we'll, we'll talk briefly about how that works, how you can mitigate that, but it can be significant. If you just reflect for a moment on some of the assets that you may be paying tax at fair market value on is cottages, vacation properties, stocks in a stock portfolio are potentially deemed to have been all sold at fair market value, but you don't have the cash yet. And especially a cottage, you know, you can have very significant values trapped in multi-generational cottages and that tax value could be significant because most people don't realize this. If you have a tax return that has taxable income on it, greater than $200,000, you're paying 54.5% income tax. Ouch. So that can dramatically erode your estate. The other thing people focus on is everyone's all caught up on probate fees. Oh, we got to minimize probate fees, which is a, uh, a provincial form of administrative tax on administering uh, estates. Probate fees, while in our firm we have a lot of business clients and the values of estates can be quite substantial, they're not for the average person nearly as important as minimizing the income tax uh, scenarios, which is this final terminal return you have to file. On probate fees, if the estate value is 50000 or less, it's half a percentage point. Greater than 50000 of estate value, it's 1.5%. So we have strategies for probate fees, and we can talk real quick about a few of them, but the real significant impact is this deemed disposition mm-hmm. tax. Well, because if you're going through end of life and, and dealing with a loved one, or maybe it's your own situation, uh, and you finally do get down and talk with your lawyer or your accountant about this, and you've got all this, the worst thing you ever want to hear is, boy, you know, I wish you had done this, or you should yeah. have done this. Because uh, you don't want to you don't want to find that out when it's too late, do you? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a perfect illustration of that would be, for example, a, a cottage. 
people have owned cottages quite often for many years. They put a lot of money into them, and they just assume that because they don't generate income off the cottage, they don't have to keep all their receipts. Well, depending on your fact situation, and we'll talk a little bit about where the cottage goes in your will, uh, you may be uh, uh, you may be required to prove your cost base because the cottage will be transferred at fair market value unless it goes to a spouse. And the difference between fair market value and your cost base is is half of that's included on that terminal tax return. And that could be substantial. And you could be audited and and required to prove that cost base. So all those additions you've put into that cottage over the last, whatever, 10, 20, 30 years, you need to keep those receipts. So what this does, I think this is a clarion call right now to say, you know, don't wait until you have that conversation. Get your finances in order now, even if you're going to live for another 85 years, because inevitably this is all going to happen to us, and and you really kind of have to make sure that everything's done, that the the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Well, I think that, uh, yes, like uh, we... And the decimal point's in the right spot. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people say, well, uh, I don't like numbers, I don't really know, um, but, but avoidance doesn't necessarily help you or your family. Right. Um, And so because we don't want to talk about death, we also don't want to talk about, you know, our death tax, if you want to call it, um, all of our our property tax and and what will happen after we die. A lot of people, when you say, what what do you what, what do you want to happen? Well, I don't want to pay a lot of tax after I die. Um, and I want to give it all to my family. What they actually don't re- recognize is that when you actually die, even if you have meager um, a- a assets, that uh, if you don't plan for it, your family member will not be getting it. The tax guy will get it. And and that's a cold realization for an awful lot of people, isn't it? Yes, it is. A lot of people don't realize how significant the tax rate could be because their, their rhythm of filing their returns Either they're T4, so they don't notice how much tax they're paying, but I'll tell you, uh, it can be substantial and it can dramatically erode the legacy they think they're passing on. Well, the other element too, and it, it, because, you know, for those that are facing the, the, the inevitable, as we all will someday, uh, you know, I, I always hear, well, you know, I don't want, I don't want this to be a burden to, to those that are left behind. Well, if you haven't done some planning here, it, it's a burden. And it can be a substantial burden. Yes, it can. And on top of that, for those that are left behind, um, they may be constricted in the options they have in dealing with this burden because the wills and if you own a business, your shareholder agreement are locked in legal documents that can't be altered after the individual has passed away. So you are locked in to the... um, uh, what's disclosed in these documents. And it may not be the best way of dealing with things, but you've got to play it out. You know, you just touched on something that I bet a lot of other folks don't think of, too, is, is the business end of things. I mean, we we tend to think about residence and property taxes and income taxes and things of this nature. But we have a lot more entrepreneurs, a lot more small businesses and people that are involved in this. And and obviously, there has to be some planning for that element of it as well. Oh, absolutely. And I'll be candid with you. Our, our practice is like 99% uh, small and mid-sized business owners. Great people. I have nothing but respect for an entrepreneur, but it's hard to get them focused on this because they're too busy dealing with the fires of the day and they never seem to go away. And what ends up happening, I've seen scenarios where there's multiple shareholders, the shareholder agreement's not even signed. And then I've seen scenarios where they haven't sat down and they'll sit down with a financial planner maybe, do an estate plan, but the financial planner will just take their word at what the business is worth. And that is the most important line item in these plans. And that number may be either grossly exaggerated or in some cases grossly underestimated. So they haven't planned for the estate tax on the value of the shares in the business they own because they don't they haven't thought about it and it's huge. It, it goes go back to what we've talked about in the past where we've spent an awful lot of time concentrated on the here and now. 
yeah. and, and don't really look around the corner. Absolutely. And, and you know, I just had a friend who passed away this summer and she was 56 years old and she was a single parent and didn't actually estate plan and uh, and really didn't have think about this until practically the last uh, week of her life. And I can tell you the experience that we're having is is exactly uh, what Walt is talking about. Uh, nobody really knows where to go. You know, there's assets that are popping out somewhere and then um, and it's causing a lot of stress and grief for the family and I love my friend and, and she was wonderful but she's like many folks they just don't want to look at this and and you know avoidance again I'll say your family's going to have to pick this stuff up if you don't plan properly and it causes a lot of hardship if there's many kids in the family um, or if there's estranged relatives um, that, that sort of pop up can can really harm the people that you care for so I again I, I talk about do this for your family like really don't avoid it plan when you're healthy so you're not doing it in your crisis and and you know do it as a gift to your family i I, i've been pretty vocal about this and i'm going to bring it up again because i think it's germane to this conversation uh there are some people that and we've all seen them that simply said well you know i've got a will so that's going to cover everything so it's all in there you know i'm going to give the cottage to them and these people are going to get that and some of them even go for these online will kits uh which i have a real problem with because it doesn't cover this stuff it's nope. very yeah. superficial, and there's still a lot of things unanswered. Uh, and you may think you've t- you've covered all the bases, but you haven't. If that's what you've done, you really need legal advice and 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 professional advice from from people that know exactly what's going on and what the pitfalls might be. Oh, absolutely, because you know today, you know uh, right now, we can talk about some tax planning points. But the word of caution: every potential planning opportunity has to be tailor made to the actual fact situation. You know, we have alter ego trust that we set up for some people that don't have spouses alive anymore. But that doesn't fit every scenario because they're expensive to set up. So you have to really have a boutique solution and cherry pick those planning options that fit in a practical manner the actual facts. So this is not one size fits all. No, not at all. Can't not be. At all. No, no, it can't be. And and the sad thing is, uh, is that if you don't plan, for example, something like having two wills, a primary and a secondary will for your business owner. Really, really critical. In addition to that, you should be pre-planning who your beneficiaries are and some of your uh, insurance products, for example. Who's the beneficiary on your insurance product? Secondly, who's the beneficiary on your RSP or if you're older, your RIF? That's an important issue that can have significant ramifications as well. Perfect example, Bill, in w- when someone gives away the cottage to someone else, that's a valuable asset, but then the estate may be left with paying the tax on the fair market value and may not have the assets to pay the tax. So who does that fall on? That, that falls on the executors. Ouch. Yes. Ouch. I, sadly. You agree in good faith to do this. You don't yeah. think you're going to get stuck with a big bill at the end. We but have, it could happen. It could happen, and, and uh, we also have an insolvency practice, and I have seen us be engaged to uh, file the bankruptcy of an estate for similar scenarios to this. Wow. That could have been avoided. Yes. Yes, I absolutely. Th- I mean, just about everything you've outlined at this stage, Walt, can be avoided if you do some pre-planning and, and, and some, some foresight. Absolutely. And and I feel sorry for the people that are out there and fall into that caption that I alluded to earlier of not knowing what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you get blindsided at the last moment with things that you didn't even know existed. And th- that, to me, is really unfortunate, very sad. And you've seen this, Claire. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about, for instance, planning and, you know, when you were told there is no cure. But, you know, we also have to consider the element of sudden death. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, well, don't worry about that. I'm only 48. It's never going to happen. You know, I got 20 years before I have to even consider about stuff like that. And uh, sadly, there've been way too many people that have said that, and and something happens, and then all of a sudden, those that are left are left with, to clean this up. Well, another example too. I, I was I was talking to Claire about this is planned giving. Um, if you want to give to charities, but you didn't put it in your will, then that's not great because if it's not in the will, you don't get the deduction in that big, massive estate return that you're filing. That's the time you need deductions like charitable donations. So it needs to be in the will. That will, and I'm going to digress, the shareholder agreement are binding legal documents. They need to be reviewed periodically because they can change the dynamics, and they're critical because they lock in all you know your survivors to what's in those documents. I am blown away every time I get with a group of professionals. We do a lot of public functions, et cetera. Uh, it's intelligent people uh, that haven't even got a will and have done absolutely none of this. And, and they're embarrassed when they admit it. Uh, but you say, you know, well, come on, you know, you don't know. Like I say, you don't know what you don't know. That's right. Uh, we get so wrapped up in the moment and in our lives and what's going on and, you know, who's going to win the election and who wins the, that game tonight, et cetera, that we don't think about this, that we all have assets. Mm-hmm. You, you know, whether you're making $8 million bucks a year or 8000 bucks a year, you have assets, and you've got to do something about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and a perfect example is uh, some simple things for everyone out there. For example, if you have a spouse and you're not divorced, and uh, it's a perfect planning tool, you want to ensure that your spouse is going to be the custodian of capital assets for the family, and you don't spin it out to the kids too soon, because you can have a tax-free rollover to a spouse. So why pay your tax early? So that's something. If it's not in the will, or you misplanned that, then you're, you're damaging the legacy you're creating. And once again, I think charitable giving has a role to play, and that's the opportunity to embed that in the will. And if you want to change your mind, that's fine of who you give the money to, but it means it's a living... The will sounds kind of like an oxymoron. I view it as a living document, and you need to come back to it periodically to ensure it reflects the most up-to-date wishes you have. And you should be involving your accountant and obviously your lawyer and your executors so there it's all transparent. You get the best advice possible, and it remains a very current, vibrant document. Important information, and, and that's the takeaway, I think, for this whole thing, is, is when we talk about pre-planning, the finances have to be part of that pre-planning. Uh, we got about 20 seconds left here. I want to talk about the raffle. Uh, you had the early bird draw the other day. We did. I we did, did not win. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, which is why I'm here today. But, uh, but the, the Jeep's still up. Absolutely. Uh, the, the well, Jeep, Jeep, Renegade. Jeep is number one prize. Number two prize is $10,000. Um, really, this is going to help us take bereaved children to camp. We have no funding for this camp whatsoever. We really need support. Uh, like I said, uh, we're a little bit down on our raffle again uh, this year. It, the draw is uh, December 28th, so it makes a great holiday uh, pri- uh, not gift, uh, stocking stuffer, um, and we could really use your support. All right, and they can get those tickets? At 905-387-2448 and just uh, ask for the raffle line. All right, uh, Walt, great to have you in here today. Thank you so much for this advice, and I'm, I'm hoping that's a, a takeaway that a lot of folks can can just do something about as soon as we finish the segment here. It's a very thoughtful stuff. I appreciate you coming right. in today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Walt with uh, Vino Partners, LLP, of course, and uh, Claire, we'll see you next week. Yep, you will. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.